Welcome to the Hope Elam Podcast. We are a diverse church in the heart of Des Moines, seeking to bring God's kingdom as we live more like Jesus. We hope that what you're about to hear points you to Jesus Christ. Know that we're praying for you and look forward to connecting with you soon. Jeremiah was told by God in Jeremiah 18, he said, go up to the potter's house and receive a word. He said, go up to the potter's house. And when he got there, he saw the potter was working on the wheel. And the Bible says that Jeremiah observed that the potter had a vessel that was in his hand. And the vessel was marred. It was it was broken. It was imperfection. And then the Bible says that the potter made it over into the vessel that he wanted it to be. And so maybe you hear in the vessel, your temple, you. Maybe you're not, not what you ought to be. Maybe there are imperfections in your life. But as long as we are in his hands, God will just make us over. As long as we don't leave the presence of an almighty God, he can fix it no matter what the situation is. Pray with me, God, we are humble before you. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. God, we need you even now. The preaching of the gospel is to some foolishness. But unto those who are saved, it's the power of God. So, God, I pray now, God, that every thought, every intent of my heart, God, every, God, every expression, God, will give you glory. Father, hit your target. Hide me behind the cross. And I pray that everything that we say and do, God, would be to your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. We... Um, we got some ground to cover. Listen, um, in Acts chapter 1, it was, around, it was the first time that the church got to really experience the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Early on, when Jesus was beginning his earthen ministry, and when he was baptized by John the Baptist and he came out of the water, the Bible said the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. So we know the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus, but the availability of the Holy Ghost was first made available for the church in Acts. And if you remember, it was in Acts that Jesus had been resurrected. And the Bible says that he showed himself about 40 days to the disciples and to various people. When he had gathered with the disciples in Jerusalem and he was eating with them, he said to them, go to Jerusalem. He said, wait for the promise because the promise is coming, the promise of the Holy Ghost. And then they asked him, and said, Father, well, is it time? Is now the time that you're going to free Israel? Is now the time that you're going to uh, restore the kingdom? 
And he said, no one knows the season. No one knows the time of when the father is going to do what he's going to do. He said, but I got some good news. He said, but you won't receive power. And the power you're going to receive is the power of the Holy Ghost. But it's not just for you. The power is so that you can be a witness in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. So why am I saying that? Well, first of all, let's go back. Now that we have some power. When Adam and Eve sinned, that put sin in the world so that all of us now born of a woman are born in this sinful nature. We're wrapped up into this body of flesh. We have a sin nature that exists. All of us are wrapped up in this sin nature, this flesh that we're in. And the only thing that can overcome this flesh is fruit, is the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit makes us fit for the kingdom. And before I go too far, because we got some ground to cover, we all have this fleshly nature that we're wrapped up in. And the only thing that we can oppose the flesh is the fruit of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit makes you and me fit for the kingdom. Jesus, we're starting a new sermon series, God's Electric Power Company. All right. A spirit-driven life fit for the kingdom. Last time I was up here, I'm going to cover this ground really fast. Just stay with me. The last time that I preached, I talked about that we had a race to run. That we needed to run the race because it was the race of our lives. And when we run, we got a race to win. And I talked about the fact that there is a competitor. There is an adversary. There is someone who is an opposer. There is an enemy. So whether you like it or not, you're in a competition. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He don't like none of us. He don't love. He's a liar. He don't fight fair. There is a competition. And I talked about, as the people of God, compete. Run your race. Don't quit. Keep going. I tried to encourage us that there is a competition. Then I said that there was a crown. Not the kind of crown that we compete with for that is corruptible. A crown that is made of reeds that will decay and, and will die. We have an eternal crown. A crown that is a crown of life, a crown of righteousness. And I tried to encourage us that the competition is real. The crown is available. But then I said we have to run with the confidence. Because the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to overcome the flesh. That if we just keep going, we win. That if we just keep trying, if we don't give up, that we're going to win. Because we got a champion. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. He is Alpha and Omega. He's the head and not the tail. The champion, he's never lost a battle. So I tried to tell us, I was like, hey, keep running. Run your race. Lay aside the thing that does so easily beset you. And run the race that is before you. We all have a race to run. In Galatia, Paul said, I'm surprised. That, that you've given up so soon. But in other words, Paul said, what happened? Paul said, you were running the race so well. Maybe you're here and you are a, you are a new convert. You got started with passion and zeal and you were, can't wait to get to church, can't wait to read your Bible. You've been running to everything that had God attached to it. Maybe you're here, you've been running for a while, and, you know, life just pressed down on you a little bit. 
Whatever your situation, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. He said to them, look. He said, yeah, certainly it wasn't God. Who is it that hindered you? Who is it? What is it that's hindering you from keep running? What happened? Do you remember when you first came, when you first opened your heart and said, God, here I am? When you first said, yes, Lord? Do you remember what happened? We're wrapped up in this, this body of flesh and we start to believe that we are what we do. We start to believe that we are who the world says we are. We start to fall away from the, 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 the confidence that we had. But I want somebody to know, listen, it just takes a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. In Galatia, they let the Judaizers come in and try to tell them that as Gentiles, they needed to be circumcised. Paul said, it wasn't the law that brought you to salvation. It wasn't the law. The law had its purpose, but Jesus came, and now we're under grace. He said, do you not understand? Don't let false teachings come in and throw you off your square. So here's what I want you to know. You got to walk before you run. Jesus. Maybe you hear you've been running for a while. Maybe there's some areas in your life you can't run. You just can walk. Don't you know that sometimes before you walk, you got to crawl? But whether you're walking, running, or crawling, as long as you're moving forward, as long as you don't quit, as long as you keep going, you are going to be fit for the kingdom. Somebody ought to free yourself up. You are not what you've done. You can make a change today. Listen, listen, listen. Do you remember? Do you remember? Um, I'm old. See, I, I'm old. Do you remember the song uh, Electric Slide? You know, you remember how it, it had like it's kind of like just had this thing. You know, hey E, help me out, help me out. Remember Electric Slide? I, I, I can't do it too well, but I'm gonna try. You know. Can it? So you had that kick. Remember that? All right, all right. So, so sometimes in life, what we try to do is try to slide by the places we should be walking, slide by the places we should be running to, slide by. The thing about that song, and by the way, my wife is probably turning over right now. She's like, no, he didn't. <laughs> it's probably my daughter who's watching, like, uh-uh, dad, nope, shut it down, shut it down. But here's the thing. The electric slide, when you keep looking, all they do is go in a circle. They're just going from one place to the other. Maybe you're here, and instead of walking in truth, instead of crawling because life had knocked you down, instead of running because God has enabled you to run fast and, and with zeal and with passion, you've been trying to slide by and get away from some stuff, and you've been finding yourself just going in a circle. You ain't going, you ain't headed to no place. Maybe you're here, and what I want you to know is that you cannot fix your flesh. No matter what we do, hear me, I'm going somewhere. You can't fix your flesh, and the flesh is never satisfied. You can't drink enough, you can't watch enough screens, you can't smoke enough, you can't get enough education, you can't get enough men or women, you can't get enough of this world that's going to satisfy you because the flesh 
is going to keep on wanting to be satisfied. Walking in the flesh is like walking with a battery-operated power system. And as soon as the battery runs out, you got to go charge it up again. My Bible tells me unless you connect to a source that never stops pouring out, unless you are a branch connected to the vine, you won't have the power that you need. So I don't know who I'm talking to today, but the only thing that overcomes the flesh and makes you fit for the kingdom is fruit. In fact, flesh... Flesh makes you sluggish. Meat, flesh makes you heavy. It makes you have to carry some stuff you don't want to carry. You eat enough flesh, another stuff of this world. You be carrying some stuff and you can't run right. You can't walk right. You can't move. But I stopped by to tell you, you put yourself on a fruit diet and in two weeks it'll cleanse all that stuff out. I'm talking about the fruit of the spirit, but it works in the, in the natural as well. We can't turn the desires of the flesh into the desires of the spirit. They oppose each other. If you can't walk right, Jesus, how you going to run well? Some of us are running places we should be walking. Some of us walking in places we've been crawling. God said it ain't time yet. Stay on your knees. How are we going to walk right if we, how are we going to run well if we don't walk right? God is saying to us, how are you walking? Walking is our lifestyle. It is a matter of life and death. You saw the scriptures. There is a fleshly bombardment of stuff that when you follow your flesh. And none of it leads to the kingdom. And the only thing that opposes it is the fruit of the Spirit. Walk in the spirit. He says in the King James, walk in the spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh going to keep coming. The flesh won't stop being the flesh. The only thing we got to do is apply what God said to overcome the flesh. And the only thing that overcomes the fleshly nature is the fruit of the spirit. The only way we fit for the kingdom, here's how. Here's how. And I just got to, I got to press. How to walk in the spirit? Make a decision. Don't just say, decide to follow him with everything you got as if your life depended upon it. What am I talking about following him? Give him your heart. You've heard me say it before. If you give him your heart, he'll get your habits. If you give him your heart, he'll get your hangups. Follow, he says, no man, no woman, Jesus, thank you, putting his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of heaven. Make a decision. Here's how the Holy Spirit will lead and guide when your destination is the will of God. Where are you walking to? Where are you going? What are you trying to do? Is it in accordance to the will of God? Because God won't bless mess. If you're walking According to the will of God, he will lead you. He will take you by the hand. He will give you what you need. He will show you. His hand will be there. The reason his hand is there is to chastise us, is to keep us when we can't keep ourselves. If God moves his hand, then we're going to go and do all the stuff that we can't, we've been wanting to do of our fleshly desires. 
So if his hand is there and there's a worrying going on, it's because you are in a good place because the Spirit of God is doing his work. But we got to understand the destination has to be the will of God. Ask yourself, God, what do you want? God, where do you want me to go? God, what do you want me to say? God, what do you want me to give up? God, what do you want me to stay still and do? Once you do that, got to depend on him. He's like a commander in chief. That every step is according to the commander. That every step... It's according to what he wants you to do. There's a dependency, there's a trust, there's a, there's a confidence that we have in the one that is calling us, the one that is leading us, the one that's saying, stop, go. There's no sin such that is common to man, that God has not made a way of escape, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And he says, listen, he says, even with the temptation, he says, even with the temptation, Jesus, I got to run. I'm going to have to come all the way back. we got time. <laughs> even with the temptation, even with that, he'll make a way. Jesus. Are y'all praying for me? Right here? Right here? All you need is what you got? All you need is what you got? It might be tight. It might be tight. Somebody needs to know. It might be tight, but it's right. So we're going to go back. Eric, I might need help. No, we good. Make a decision. Understand your destination is the will of God. Depend on God and be determined. You know a little kid, when they're learning how to walk, you know they're going to fall over and over and over again. You never learn how to walk the first time. That's the determination that is required for us to be able to learn how to walk right. And as a child of God, a new convert, or you've been walking for a while. You know, there's some of us, sometimes we could be around the church for years, and we're still trying to figure out the, the foundations of our faith, and that's okay. I don't care if you're crawling. I don't care what it is. As long as you don't quit, as long as you keep going, you are fit for the kingdom. Amen? Walk in the Lord. Walk in his, in his word. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Like, where are you going? Who are you talking to? What conversation are you having? Because you only bless if you're not walking in those spaces. Walk, blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is the law of the Lord. His delight is the word of God. When we walk in the word, we will have enough strength and enough awareness how to overcome the flesh. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Bible is calling us to walk worthy. Whatever your job, whatever your vocation, whatever it is that you feel called to do, he says just do the best you can. Live, walk, let your lifestyle be excellent and walk worthy of whatever your vocation is. Stop comparing the person to your left or to your right. Run your race. It is well said that comparison is the thief of joy. Look in the mirror and love who God says you are. You are not who the world says you are. Walk worthy of the vocation. Walk by faith and not by sight. You know it and I know it. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
You can't come unto him unless you believe that he is who he says he is and that he's a rewarder of him who diligently seek him. Walk by faith and not by sight. How you walking? The reason we got to walk right is because we're at war. Our flesh is opposing our spirit. Paul understood this in Romans 7. He said, the thing that I said I'm not going to do, well, I'll be. That's what I find myself doing. Paul said, hey, you know what? I know what I'm not going to do. And that's what he ended up doing. The thing that I said I'm not going to do, he wasn't the only one. There's a, a, a fight going on over our lives. The difference is a desire, a crave, a burning inside. When we crave something, have an urge for it, we're only craving the thing that we're feasting on. We will only crave the thing that we're feeding on because it's satisfying and we want more of it. So what are you craving? What are you feasting on? Because maybe we need to change our appetite. Because if we're feasting on the things of this world, we're feasting on the fleshly nature, then that's what we're going to crave. When we crave it, we desire it. And if we desire it long enough and consider it, we'll think about it. The more we think about it, now we're going to do it. When we do it, now it becomes a habit, and the habit leads to a crisis. All started with the thought of a crave. So I'm saying, at the crave, thank God we don't go strictly from, from, from this to a crisis. That even when you crave it, apply the Holy Spirit and the spirit of truth. Ask God to give you peace. Ask God to give you what you need to overcome that. At the thought, that if you go down the road and consider it, you're going to do it. Just a matter of time. I don't know who I'm talking to. All right. There's a war. Let me just say this. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. The wages of sin is death. But God, Jesus said, but I come not to condemn the world, but that through me the world might be saved. He said, I come that for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whosoever... That means we have a promise from God. There is therefore now no condemnation. And if you accept Christ, the Spirit of God is living in you. Whether you can feel it, whether you can see it, whether you can talk to it, it's in you if you confess Christ. That's his promise. That's what he does. Whether you feel with the Spirit, that's a different story. But does the Spirit of God dwell in the believer? The Bible says it does. And because it dwells in the believer, you are fit for the kingdom. Oh, somebody should be shouting right by now. Somebody, somebody ought to be shouting. I know you still got problems. I know you still got struggle. I know you still got some issues. But if you just keep going, if you keep holding on, okay, let, some help. All right, we, we got to go. Um, the lust of the flesh. Sexual immorality. All the... The things that the flesh desires is the opposite of what God desires. All of the sorcery and idolatry, all of the things that we put on the throne of our heart before God. 
We have a choice. Listen, today, we have a choice. What is it are we loving more than God? God says, put me first and then love whatever you want to love. But put me first. God says, because I'm the one. He says, I'm a jealous God. He says, don't put any God before me. There are social sins. All those things, there's impurity. There's quarreling. There's, there's anger. There's all these jealousy and outbursts. All these self-ambitions. All of this is in our flesh. It's sitting there. And the only thing that can oppose it is the fruit of the Spirit. They oppose each other. The flesh won't stop. We can't stop. Listen. Envy, drunkenness. It's not even just the drinking. It's like when the flesh takes over, you're drinking to get sloppy drunk. You're just drinking because you want to drink. It's, it's all the stuff that the flesh keeps going. And none of that will inherit the kingdom of God. All right. The appetite, fruit, not flesh. That's how we win. That's how we overcome the flesh, by the fruit of the Spirit. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to focus on the big one, love. It's like a tree, and all of the fruit of the tree have different kinds of tree, fruit, but it's one tree. It's the fruit of the Spirit. All the characteristics makes the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruits. All of them are, makes up the, is a product of the Spirit of God. When you walk and have a Spirit-driven life, those things are available to the believer. Agape love can overcome all of that stuff. If you just start with love, matter of fact, do you remember there was 613 laws? And then he narrowed them down to the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus came and narrowed down to the two. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Do you remember how important it was to love? When you look back on all those, those fleshly desires, they're all relational. Most of them are relational. But when you look at here in the fruit of the Spirit, they're relational too. When you love God, when you love each other, and when you love yourself, and you know that your body is the temple of the Lord, and you know that you are the head and not the tail, and you know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, when you know no weapon formed against me shall prosper, when you know and you love yourself, when you're loving yourself, that's how you can have joy even when, you don't, even when things don't happen the way you want them to happen. When you love yourself, that's how you can have peace in the midst of chaos. When you love yourself, that's how you can be kind, not hurt somebody, but help somebody. Even when you know you have the opportunity to hurt them because they hurt you, you help them instead of hurt them. Love makes you kind to people. You can be gentle to somebody. You can have righteousness and goodness that dwells in you. Even when your flesh rises up because of the love of the Father, you think about all that he has done and that you don't deserve it. That's how you can give grace to somebody else. Love is the thing that will allow you to be in self-control because you don't mind submitting and surrendering your will to his will because you know he loves you so much that he's going to provide for you. It's love. It's the fruit of the Spirit that overcomes the flesh. All right. 
We are fit for the kingdom, so we're just going to get there. And I'm going to give the... I'm going to give the, the praise team time because I didn't skip three slides. Um, fit for the kingdom. Put your faith in an almighty God. Make a decision. You fit for the kingdom when you decide. You fit for the kingdom when you know your destination. You fit for the kingdom when you can depend on his word. You fit for the kingdom. When you know that you're going to be determined, that you're going to endure, you fit for the kingdom. So put your faith in God. Invite him into your heart. And say, God, I, I'm not what I want to be. I'm not even what I used to be, God, but I'm crawling right now. And he'll meet you on your knees. Invite him into your heart. Invite him into your situation. I found out on Friday. Glory! That he'll turn a situation into a shout. Oh, I sure did. I found out on Friday. Regardless of your situation, he can change it. So invite him in and then trust. Trust his, his word. Trust his guidance. Trust the, the Holy Spirit to, to, to lead you every day, every step of the way. Like right now. Like whatever it is, there's nothing too hard for God. He don't want us to do everything by ourselves. So maybe you're here and you've been trying to do it because I'm a man. I haven't leaned on anybody and all. I have to depend on anybody. I've been on my own since I was. God wants us to be in relationship. When we're alone... And our flesh starts speaking to us. Even when we're walking and running and crawling, we'll get stuck. But if a brother or a sister come along and say, you're going to be okay, hook up with you and walk with you a little bit. It gives you a little bit more pep in your step. Somebody say amen. amen. So maybe you're here and you're ready. You want to make sure you fit for the kingdom. I want to invite you. I want to invite you to be bold and courageous like Joshua. And come down and say, here I am, Lord. Run if you must. Walk boldly. Crawl. But don't stay stuck. Amen? Myself, Minister Williams, and others, after communion, will be right here. Don't leave unless you know that you are fit for the kingdom. Amen? Amen. It was on that night, <laughs> it was the same night that Jesus, he knew. He knew. He had washed their feet. And he knew that his betrayer was sitting at the table. The Bible says, even through it all, he said he took bread and he gave thanks and then he broke it. And he gave it to them. He said, take and eat it. This is my body, broken for you. Then he took a cup and he blessed it. 
He said, this is my blood being poured out for forgiveness of sins. After he had blessed that cup, he gave it to him to drink. He said, as often as you eat of the bread, as often as you drink of the cup. He says, you are a testimony that I'm coming back. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we prepare our hearts for communion. And we're going to recite the Lord's Prayer together. Before we do that, can I just say this? The Bible also says, let a man, let a woman examine themselves. Consider themselves. Think about whether or not you are partaking unworthily. Offer up your sins by omission or commission. The things you know about, the things you don't know. Say, God, just cleanse me of all unrighteousness, God. With all your heart, prepare yourself for communion. The Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespass, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us. To find out more about Hope Elam, follow us on Instagram at hope.elam or visit our website at hope-elam.org.